Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. I have a fun one uh, for you today. Not just fun, we're going to learn lots of um, important stuff. I have so many great questions for uh, my guest today. Today, I am talking to the, the therapy twins, uh, Joan and Jane, and they are authors of the book From Under the Hood. We are going to talk all kinds of um, good, good stuff today. We're going to be talking, sharing tips and tools for, from everything from anger to depression to all kinds of good stuff. So welcome to the show, Joan and Jane. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes, we, we have an amazing <laughs> mutual friend. Uh, Nancy Halla. I love her so much. And um, she speaks so very highly of both of you. So I was like, Oh, my God, I gotta have you on the show. Plus, you know, the work that you do is so impactful, um, and so needed, I think, all the time, but definitely now. Uh, so I have lots, <laughs> lots <laughs> I want to get into. But before we do that, uh, here on this show, I love to kind of start out with a little bit of a personal story um, from both of you, just tell us a little bit um, about you, your journey, how you got to where you're at now, where you're, you're doing this together. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Okay. All right. Well, hello. <clears throat> we are Joan and Jane. Um, and which one are you? I'm um, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> but I answered a Joan. Anyway, um, we're identical twins and you know, we were born in the 60s um, and we weren't supposed to live. So we were in the neonatal ICU of the 1960s for um, 30 whole days, which meant we were separated as soon as we um, yeah. came out of our mom. And then, <clears throat> and then the bonding was difficult later because that Joan had a brain tumor, having seizures. She had to go to the hospital again. And then they separated us. Um, right after kindergarten. And nowadays, that's kind of not how it's done. Now, yeah, now the research says that was not the correct way. So we had a lot of work to do starting from birth. Trauma from day one. Right. And the reason I mentioned that is because we ultimately ended up uh, working together. And, and so if you don't want identical twins to kind of be joined at the hip, um, when they get older, you would want to follow what they do nowadays, which is allow the twins to separate on their own. Cause we live together to, you know, two not, separate not apartments quite. like Ethel yeah. and Lucy, but same building. Wow. Yeah. And I have just so you ladies know, I have identical twin girls as well. <laughs> oh, my. oh, that's one. And we were never allowed to sleep together. It yeah. was just really too bad. That's but, lovely. Uh, yeah. It's, it's it, very interesting. There, there really is. And I think um, I, I can't imagine kind of what it would be like to be identical and separated off the bat and then kind of go through just almost instant trauma kind of, you know, right out of the, the, your mother's womb. And then all the stuff that twins share in general, uh, you know, being a mom of identical twins, it's, it always kind of floors me how much they are alike, but different, of course, you know? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And so how did, um, how did you guys 
really build this bond. You obviously work together um, now and you said you live together and, and what have you, um, I guess, learned in this journey, not just about twins, but about relationships and all of that. Cause I know that's a lot of what you mm-hmm. do now. Wonderful. Relationships is, is everything, isn't it? Go ahead, Joan. We always say that we have the longest relationship than anybody because we (laughs) knew each other for nine months prior to even being born. So even though we're 60 years old, we've known each other longer than that. But being the younger twin, I followed in Jane's footsteps and it's really hard. I would give advice to the young, younger (laughs) twin, um, I mean, I'm not going to say don't follow, but try (laughs) to think about what you truly like as well. Because what I ended up doing was things I didn't want to do. So Jane basically did everything first, (laughs) uh, except have sex. Wow. Sorry. (laughs) And I followed her on every step of the way. So even though I had a different uh, degree um, in another field, she became a nurse. I became a nurse. She became an APRN. I went into forensic science. And right after that, I showed her. I became that same APRN and worked with her. <laughs> wow. And, and, you know, and having someone follow me like that, <laughs> right? It was, like... it was kind of difficult. You know, I understand where Joan's coming from, but for me, it caused discord with us because, you know, I was thinking, you know, why do you have to do everything I do? Right, you know, right. I was so, so being twins, we certainly have had arguments of the century, you know, yeah, I mean, we sure. can, we can show a married couple that they really do get along, you know, uh, so can my twins. <laughs> I love it. There's a, I love joke. it. <laughs> There's a joke that people say, Oh, you guys are so close. Look how much you get along so well, don't you? And, and I say, yeah, we get along just not together. Yeah, <laughs> when we're well, together. We might be acting a little bit. Right. There's, there's kind of like embedded competition a little bit. I feel like, Oh yeah. In most yeah. Sets, you know, there's, yeah. like you said, the one who's leading is kind of like, man, why are you following? Get your own thing. And then the, the one who is following and the interesting thing is in my twins, I don't know if you guys ever did this, but they switch roles a lot. It's the weirdest thing they have since, since like minute one, really where uh-huh. Uh-huh. it might be, um, more, I guess, passive maybe. And, and the second that happens, the other one turns dominant and then they would reverse. And it's, it's so interesting and and it's kind of played out now they're 13. So they're at that fun age. Yeah. 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 Um, No, I, I think that's very common and um, not only do we do it in that respect, except um, Joan can really uh, make a room vibrate with that. (laughs) Uh, that voice of hers <laughs> but you know one of the other things that I, I used I to know, have a temper I have yeah. that under one of the things now. I noticed <laughs> was we we have a lot of um like if one's cooking a lot maybe the other one isn't but then a few months later the other one's a master chef of of uh this or that the other one starts baking it I, I don't know oh, there's there this you compliment go. that's going the compliment on. going on that's the advice our, our mom told us that too if somebody is imitating what you're doing or following you or whatever they're doing our, our mom said take it as a compliment so yeah. there's the advice for twins instead of competing all the time film directors said this once and it was in the register new haven register on the front page of the film or not the, <laughs> you know and the twin director said i'm a really good director and so is my twin brother but together we're like amazing directors yeah. so mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and that's when we realized we could be amazing together as well absolutely and so yeah. now the work that you guys are doing now i think like i said um, 
is needed all the time, obviously, but you know, COVID has, I think, done a number on a lot of people on a mental health um, standpoint. You know, it's so isolating, so isolating. And depending on where you live, things either are strict or aren't strict or whatever. But, you know, for for me and my family, um, my kids have been out of school starting in March. So we're almost at a year. Um, which means they have literally been home almost an entire year. And that's, you know, my son's, this is his senior year of high school. So he's missing all of that. My girls are missing eighth grade. Um, and it's, it's a lot. So what, what work have you done or what advice do you have for, um, for anyone, but I, I think it's affecting kids. It's affecting adults across the board. Like, you know, what can we do? Yeah. You know, the, the, the loneliness and the isolation, is I think what we need to focus more on in terms of how do we get those kinds of things back. And so, you know, I say, pull out the creativity. And if you, if you don't think you're creative yourself, you know, ask questions on, you know, social media or just to your family, because people are getting quite creative in how they're uh, integrating back, you know, into society. So like, for example, one of our, one of our sisters, oh my gosh, we have one sister. (laughs) I was about to say your poor sister, but yes, (laughs) she is an older sister and she comes with lots of um, wisdom and advice, which she's the one that turned us on to positive thinking. And we can get Mm -hmm. to that later. But one of the things Lori does is she schedules a recurring happy hour with different groups of friends and they never miss it you know, virtual, a virtual Zoom call or something. Um, But, you know, with the, within the family, if hopefully you people, I I know this guy that lives all by himself and he is just dying for human touch. Right. But most of a lot of us have at least one person. We will open that door for um, to our home or we live with them, et cetera. That's when I say people have to start practicing hugs again, Mm -hmm. um, going, you know, doing some family oriented things, playing cards, whatever. I know this sounds lame, but I've actually whistled and oh, I know it's not lame at all. And I, and I've actually hugged myself quite a few times since COVID started. <laughs> yeah. I really have. And then I, I talk to the birds and the squirrels too. And of course I have an Alexa and sometimes she won't shut up, but yeah, I, <laughs> right? I, say, I say good morning to her now. So yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Because it really is. And I think, um, like I said, it affects everybody. Um, and, and people who, you know, thought, Hey, I'm a really happy person. I'm a really social person. You know, I don't, I don't normally feel down are now feeling feelings they haven't felt before, you know? So I think it's, um, I'm definitely, I've, I've seen that in, um, you know, in the groups that I participate in and things like that, but I also am, am kind of scared for our kids, you know, because I know they were already part of a generation that, was really used to not connecting anyway. Right. Um, you know, their, their hangout time is on Xbox or is, you know, sending random Snapchats. And so, um, adding this to that, I'm as a parent, it's concerning. Cause you know, you're like, how do you reintegrate after a year? Cause that becomes normal. And you're kind of like, well, I guess this right. is, this, you know? And so, Anything so I have a thought on that. that. Yeah. I cuz this is Jane, I am a parent and I was thanking God that my son is 30 years old and I didn't have to homeschool him the way all of you have right? to. <laughs> I just can't even believe it. It was a passing 
thought at one point that I wanted to homeschool him. And I'm so grateful that I didn't have to or choose. I didn't choose that. But what I would do with younger children and hey, even older ones is I would start thinking, um, how do we help the community all the way to how do we help the world? So, for example, if it was just my if my son was younger, um, I my, the first thought that came into my head is maybe, you know, once a week we can bag up a few um, non-perishable items and drive them over to um, the local food bank. And yeah. and that way, you know, you're you're you know, instead of everybody, you know, watching TV, playing video games, and we're really not talking at the dinner table anymore, even without a pandemic, with the pandemic, I think we can change some of these things, even though we are isolated. Absolutely. And that is one of the things that I think was a blessing in disguise, um, at least for us and for our family, because having teenagers, they were all, you know, I probably wouldn't have even really seen my son this year because he played football. He was super active. He had a job, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I selfishly as a parent was really glad I got this time. And, um, you know, I think it's made our relationships and bonds even stronger. Um, But I know, you know, it's hard and not everybody is in that position. You mentioned earlier um, (laughs) anger, and I thought that was so interesting because, you know, uh, looking at some of the the work that you do, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that that is something that that you really help a lot of people on and moving through anger. Um, How is it that you you were able to, I guess, process uh, anger? Maybe how do we deal with it in a different way? Well, I, I actually had to force myself because I was at a point in my life that I, I wasn't aware of it, but I was so angry that I was losing every single human being that was close to me. I was pretty much burning all of my relationships. And one person said, Joan, when did this happen? Because I was complaining about something. And I said, I don't know, the 70s? And he <laughs> said, aren't you sick of it? And I said, yeah, darn right. I'm sick of this. And he said, because I am too. And that opened, you know, that was like, oh, light bulb. I thought, wow, I really am complaining. It was just horrible or, or, or fighting. Now my son (laughs) um, actually named gave Jones anger, a name, which we found very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Which Um, actually I heard isn't good in psychiatry because then I was separating myself from the anger and I was able to say, I didn't do it. So and so did it. Matilda. That was who he told me I was like Matilda. Yeah. And for a little while, I thought, I really thought Joan was using that as a crutch, like taking no accountability and just saying Matilda, this Matilda, this. And and can I, can I just back up? We all have anger. I've exploded myself too. I'm not trying, but we're we're using Joan because her story is so much more fun. (laughs) And, uh, And so what, what did we do? We fought so much that we had to initiate. And I remember Joan's words one day, and this is, this is something that happens, of course, every month or every six months or every year. This is something we keep working on because it's not like there's no temper ever again. It's just the work we did to, to get through it. So basically we needed some space from each other. It's always a good thing if things are getting to the point where you're totally intolerant of each other. And this goes for anybody, of course, take a little space. (laughs) And then my favorite thing is, um, well, I actually had an angel card reading by a, um, what is that uh, healing thing? Reiki. 
a Reiki specialist. Oh, I love yeah, I love her. Yeah. And she said to me when I was scheduling, um, would you like Reiki or Reiki and an angel card reading? And I said, I would absolutely want the yeah. angel card reading, you know? No um, and so what I believe, whether this is true or not, it was a wonderful suggestion. Um, I believe my uh, nonny from our dad's side came to me and said to me, that I am asking you to view your sister through compassionate eyes. And I understand if you can't, but I'm asking. And for me, even like I said, if this isn't true, me to think of of the respect that I would have towards my ancestor, who's asking me to do something. I mean, what is, you know, who am I if I wouldn't even try? And so I did that and I did it a lot. And what it helped me to do was first either not engage in a, uh, well, you said that, so I'm going to say this kind of, you know, Um, but one of the things that helped me with the most was to change the way I spoke to Joan Mm -hmm. because we are always talking about, can you do that differently? And if only you, 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 you know what I mean? And we don't think about changing ourselves. So there was something about me that, um, I was pushing her buttons. And so under no uh, way am I saying you don't speak up with somebody and you don't stand up for yourself. But sometimes if you just change the way you look at something. true. It is so true. If you change your energy that you're into it. And and I do this in my coaching a lot because we do a lot of mindset stuff. And um, I call it, you know, I call it your bubble, get in your bubble. (laughs) When you're in this big, huge bubble, like then you decide what punctures it, you know? So it, there's something about kind of that visual of, of being in a bubble that, you can kind of see stuff coming in slow motion a little bit. And you Mm -hmm. have that moment of, am I going to take this in? You know, if somebody's throwing a dig, am I going to internalize it and spit one back? Or am I just going to breathe and let it not penetrate my bubble, right? Like let it not affect my energy. And as soon as you start to do that, so you're like controlling you, which is the only thing you can control, right? So you start controlling your reactions, the energy you're giving out, it is crazy. And I see it happen all the time. doesn't matter kind of what, whether it's with kids or whether it's with the spouse or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, that we're working with when I'm working with a client and it turns the energy so fast. I mean, we're talking a couple days and it's, it's kind of right, right, like, right. wow, if you're changing, if you're willing to kind of put that mirror on yourself and change you first, people really do respond to it and come back around. Right. And, and yeah changes that kind of tit for tatness and yes absolutely I, I was so good at tit for tat I actually, <laughs> this is Joan I actually used to have notes on on calendars and I that was called bringing in the troops no matter what anybody said and I would actually have dates on well this person was mean to me on such a date how many days before they're mean to me again and I blamed it it was like oh every three weeks and it couldn't possibly be the way I was acting and I was like oh what a loser every three weeks they're turning on me yeah it was amazing to finally say one day you think it could be me I was shocked I'm telling you whatever pattern you see in your life this is what I've found to be true for me anyway whatever pattern I see repeated multiple times and there's one common denominator which is me 
It's like, all right, <laughs> Dick, turn the mirror. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. I, it's kind of tough sometimes, but absolutely. But yeah, that's where the real growth happens, I feel like. And you had mentioned earlier, you know, your sister had had got you guys into positive thinking. And I can only imagine what it impact it had on anger, right? On this exact thing, because here's the thing, if you are putting out, you know, expecting someone to treat you like crap or Mm -hmm. whatever, kind of holding on, like you were just talking about, then of course you're just repeating it and repeating it. And Mm -hmm. it's like the basic law of attraction where you put out, you get back. Right. So as soon as you start to kind of change the thinking part of it, right. And start thinking, Hey, you know, maybe people are going to love me. Maybe people are going to be loyal. Maybe people are going to be kind or whatever it was, you know, for you. I think that kind of can change everything. Can you talk a little bit about what the impact has been on changing the thought process? Oh, it was so difficult changing that even when I started changing, instead of using the word love, which I had such a problem with, <laughs> I would say, well, then if I hate rich people, then I'm going to get money it will come to, to me. I couldn't even say mm. that word. I had a breast cancer scare. Mm. So despite losing everybody in my life, I didn't want to have a breast cancer scare and, and not have anybody. So it was Jane who allowed me to um, immaturely, concretely kind of childlike, be able to sit there and say everything that I felt, how she hurt me. And I wanted to get that out. I realize now. And now the rule was. Yeah, my Joan, sister Lori. The rule was that Joan wanted to, she asked every man, member of the family, could I tell you what I can't stand about you, but you cannot comment back. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah, and I mean, that's great to get off, right? But my mother said brave. no. Yep. yep. My mom said, no. My dad said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Lori, who turned us on to Louise Hay and understood the whole process. And she said, Joan, you know, that work is within you. And I went, oh man, she's rough. <laughs> so Jane took it for me to the, for the team. And I am forever grateful to, for her because that's when it started. And besides that, um, our sister Lori went to see the self-help guru, Louise Hay, and came back with gifts. And mine actually said, it was different than my, my sister yes. and um, my mom's. Mine said, all is well, or remember, wow. all is well. Yeah. No one knew that prior to that, I was calling her phone number, Louise Hay's corporation, just to hear the message, because at the very end of her advertisements, she said, and remember all as well. That's how isolative I was. And I was using her and, you know, it clicked finally. My sister, Lori gave me the book. Jane allowed so many things so that it took me forever. I would suggest for other people not to wait as long as I did and have oh, so much man. pain in your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a life-changing thing. I feel like, and it's something that I stumbled on kind of without really knowing <laughs> anything. Um, I, I did get the book. You can heal yourself. I think is what it's called yep. by uh, Louise Hay. When I very first started my um, journey into self-discovery or whatever you want to call it. And I got to be honest, I wasn't ready for, for it because I just didn't even understand it. I was like, what is she talking about? Right, <laughs> I right. Like, I was like, you can control your thoughts. What? You know, it was just mind blowing. I couldn't get my head around it for the longest time. But then I started in little ways. I started doing things like, you know, catching myself, tearing myself down. And instead trying to say the opposite, you know, just, and I just started kind of playing around with it saying, Hey, do I feel better? 
almost like not caring if the outcome was different, but just like, yeah, I think that that, today and it was crazy. It changed everything. Literally changed my belief system. It changed my outcomes. It changed my life. (laughs) Like It's so powerful. It was, it really is. And, and I like you and I think Joan too is, is, you know, we, I don't know about Joan, but I thought I was a positive thinker. Isn't that the funniest thing ever? When, when I started trying to catch myself with my negative thought process, I was amazed at how negative I was because in, um, in psychiatry, we learn with cognitive behavioral therapy that, you know, if you think that you're doing some negative self-talk, um, 27 times a day, that's right. probably more like 270 or 2,700 times I was a day. Say 2,700, right? probably more like it, yeah. Right? <laughs> so that I love that you said that you started with something s- smaller that didn't, that you weren't so passionate about, say like, so for me, if I was going to uh, try to knock off uh, a feeling about myself that had to do with, um, pro- like, let me just say, it's kind of corny, um, not worthy of a really good relationship, let's say. Right. If I started with that, I think I would have failed because it was too important to me at the time. So starting with something, and one of the things I started with, I don't even think Joan knows this. I used to kill plants by overwatering them, but I didn't know that's how I killed right. them. And I thought, eh, I don't need to have plants. I'll just look at nature outside. Well, I started saying, um, I have a green thumb. I am so good with plants. You like, are so green. Right? <laughs> and, yeah. You know, it, and, and I'm telling you, of course, it takes months and months. And I noticed about a year later, I was I had three plants that were thriving. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. I was it works like a charm and it works on everything. Yes, it everything. does. I have, you know, I have uh, this challenge. I call it the self pride challenge, but it's 30 days of changing how you talk to yourself. And so every day you get a different motto. And um, part of it was like, I wanted to lose weight and realize my belief system was really attached to the opposite. Right. Um, right. and so I thought, Hey, you know, I just want to see if literally just saying a motto and changing my belief system will help the weight to come off. Cause I've tried everything else, like every diet on the sun, you know, whatever. And it was, it was crazy. It was the first time I'd actually lost weight in like five years it was just changing the belief system to say the weight falls off. I Isn't feel beautiful, amazing, you know, and it was like, it seems too easy. It seems too silly to work, but Ladies, if you're out there listening, like pick your thing, pick whatever thing it is that you typically tear yourself apart about and start saying the opposite. And it is crazy how quickly you become that. Yep. You know, it's, yep. it's such a- I actually started with, I have smooth, flawless skin because I wanted it. Yep. Right. <laughs> That's, I started with that one. And the other way I would give a hint to other people, if you're as negative as I was, I mean, <laughs> I would say if some Jane asked me to go to church, I would say, why would I go to church? I would self ignite when I enter the, that building, Jane, that's negative. I mean, you said you changed your belief system. I mean, I can't believe I used to say that. <laughs> so what I was reduced to is I got self-help tapes and because I read that you're, well, I already knew this. I mean, we were APRNs. I read that at one point that your subconscious mind is not judgmental. Put the tape on before you go to sleep and you will wake up in a better mood. And that's how I started for the first 30 days. That really helped. Me. Good point. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. And we do, um, we do this thing where we record our affirmations in our own voice. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. Um 
in, in, you know, claiming it. And, and I saw you guys are big believers in affirmations and gratitude too. There's something so powerful about, um, listening to your voice, say things like I am beautiful. Yes. Um, I am kind, right? Like I am patient. Anger was your thing, right? Like I am patient or whatever, or I'm forgiving. (laughs) So the opposite, the opposite of, of all of those things that you want to change. And, and you really do step into it. You know, you, you can rewrite any part of your story and, and you guys talk about that too. So how do we do that in a, in a really powerful and positive way, especially if we're trying to heal from, from trauma or from, you know, oh, yeah. bad things that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we start to rewrite that story? Joan, you sounds yeah, like you have something to say. Yeah, Go I'm ahead. sorry. First, before Jean starts to explain that whole thing, I found it very important for me to thank every experience. I also read that, that stop thanking just the positive things. If something negative happens, it's probably going to bring you to a new opening in your life. You know, you don't see it right away. So I even had to thank, because, oh, if you, this was very important. Whoever edited our book said, thank the, the situation, if you did not know the person or person's names that did you wrong. So I was violently mugged and beaten. I did not know his name and I was raped. So I had to thank both of those individuals, even though I didn't know who they were. And it was really, really liberating. It also helped with forgiveness because Jane always says that good people do bad things. Woo, did she used to push my button? So, <laughs> you notice, you notice though, just a statement like that, good people do bad things. That pissed her off. I don't know if it would piss her off if it if it came from the person who coined the term, which was Debbie Ford. But wow. it certainly wow. well, pissed I mean, her off if, when I said it. To go through something that traumatic, that's severe trauma on both accounts, yes. right? Yeah. Um, yes. It would certainly explain anger and and you know a lot of what we've been talking about. But how how did you get through it? Like how did you? So thinking it is one thing and I couldn't agree with yes. you more. I mean, my, my whole journey as my listeners know, started with like my world imploding when my, when I found out my uh, husband was having an affair and it ended our marriage in 10 minutes and I was left with three little kids, no job, no money, you know? So it was like mm-hmm. in the moment, it was the worst thing that could happen. Right. And looking back, it was by far the best things ever happened to me in my whole, pretty much my whole life besides my kids, you know, it was a catalyst mm-hmm. for everything I've built since. So I, I definitely think that that is so true. It's really hard to see it though, when it's trauma, like what you went through, you know, like it's, it's oh, yeah. really hard. And Jane's <laughs> going to say how we got through it because I'm drawing a blank. Go oh. ahead, Jane. I'm so interested <laughs> in your answer here. Let's well, go. the first thing I want to say is um, everyone needs to vent some at, um, at first, you know, when Joan says that she was able to thank um, the stranger that mugged her and the person, um, that sexually assaulted her. She of course did not do that, you know, two days after these events, <laughs> right, you right. know, so you, you definitely, I mean, people need to release their anger, um, whether they're uh, venting to a licensed therapist or the bartender or hairdresser, you know, um, and getting out and being in nature always helps clear ahead. So let's not minimize that you got to do a lot of venting, uh, whether that's writing or, you know, talking to yourself in the mirror, et cetera. And then at some point, I think when you're sick of yourself, um, I got, I know I got to a point where I was totally sick of myself 
And then I was a very ungrateful person too. Like I, I thought that, you know, an affirmation should work if I said it twice, you know, I thought, well, this isn't working for me, you know, fuck the world. I'm so sorry. I just swore. Right, right. Oh, trust Um, me. My audience knows that. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, So after that, after you feel like you've vented enough, and then I think that there's a way to vent in more creative outlets then to, but then, then you want to start with other types of things like, um, actually spending the time to um, think about those affirmations and how you'd like them to be said, et cetera. Or how, Um, what the, what are the things I'm grateful for instead of what I'm so upset that was done to me. Also helping another person. We do know that that is the single uh, biggest thing you can do if you're depressed, you help an individual, even as because of COVID, even beyond the door. I mean, the, the video will show that the plant planter broke and the uh, woman put her planter outside to her door to throw away. And the guy next door never met her. He came out, took the plant, replanted it within his own home, put it back for her. That number one act of helping another person gets rid of depression. Oh, and birds singing. We just learned that the other day, birds singing. So I do enjoy feeding the birds because that's, um, that's nature's classical music. Yeah, it's classical. nature's uh, hard rock, heavy yes. metal music. It's everything. Yeah, no, you're so right about helping others for sure. I mean, even even when I look back on my journey, what helped me kind of get through, I mean, the first year was definitely horrible. But, um, you know, as I started kind of moving through that and sharing my story and, and, and helping other people, even though I had no idea initially what I was doing and never thought it would be a career like it is now, um, it it is what saved me. I think, you know, like it's what got me out. And still to this day, when I am working with other people, that's when I'm getting the most out of it. You know what I mean? I, I'm mm-hmm. always like, I hope someone else is getting something from this. That would be great. That'd be like a cherry on top. Um, cause I know I'm getting <laughs> whenever you, you know, my Angelo, I think is the one that said, when you, when you learn, you teach. Um, and that to me is kind of wonderful you know of of yeah you feel down and out if you feel lonely how can you make sure somebody else isn't feeling that like that and it fills you up um in such a kind of magical way i feel like um i love that such such great advice and then the other um the, the last thing i wanted to ask you guys about is um you know, you you were mentioning love and uh, relationships, and I know I have lots of listeners out there uh, <laughs> who are, you know, love to manifest the love of their life, but it's hard, right? You know, especially if you've mm. been through um, a bad relationship or whatnot. And I think it's true: the older you get, as well, the more you can kind of close yourself off, and um, fear really does come into play. Any tips on? Um, how we move through fear or release fear to really open our, our hearts up to love? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the first things um, to realize is fear is an emotion that we all have. We share it. And most emotions can be broken down into fear. And so one of the ways that, um, and Joan, I hope Joan has her answer on this because <laughs> I'll tell you the way. <laughs> Eugene would piss me off so horrifically because if I had an emotion, say I was angry, she would say, now Joan, 
And like that, oh. she might say it like that too. <laughs> now, Joan, <laughs> um, you know, anger is a secondary emotion. What are you really feeling? Well, I wanted everything to be broken in my apartment at that point. <laughs> <including> <laughs> her. But um, it, she's right. It was fear. And I had to ask myself out loud, Joan, what are you afraid of? And I would list everything. But then I would tweak it a bit and say, okay, these are ridiculous. I'm not going to be fearful over that. And if I did have fear over a couple of things and could ask somebody else for some help, be very careful. If you ask for advice, people are going to give it. They're going to give their two cents in advice. But um, with that, I think that it, it helped me because obviously anxiety And if you continue with fear, you could do all kinds of things, you know, overuse substances, because when we're so afraid, we want to feel numb because then we won't be so fearful. You know, we could all kinds of crazy stuff we could do. So what, one of the things I did, one of the things I did was, um, I replaced my fear, um, with some kind of faith. Um, I'd like to commit to, well, maybe I don't really want to, but I used to want to commit to one religion, but instead, um, I'm ext- very, very spiritual. And so just one of the things I want to say is like, I was told that Alcoholics Anonymous, these two guys, Bill and Bill, they got together. And what I was told, and I don't know if this is true, but I, I, I love it, is that they took the commonalities of all the religions of the world and then created the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. And yeah, yeah. So one of the things <laughs> I had to do recently, and the way I said it to Joan, was the in the AA realm. And that's why I'm bringing that up was I said, Oh, my God, Joan, I think I have to let go let God the way AA says it, which is just replacing my fear with some kind of faith. And because we all resist change, we all want to think that we're driving um, the vehicle at all times in this game of life when we all know that someone could run a red light and gee, you didn't drive, you know, right. So, you know, with that, I had to then start thinking, okay, I'm willing to change. Um, I, I want, um, no want Louise Hayes says not to want, but I'm willing to change. Start with, I'm willing to change. I I trust. Yeah, right? I trust the process of life. Because what helped me was um, somebody told me that Native Americans, when the, it was a drought, they would get together and be all thinking the same thing. And they never said, I hope for rain. I want rain. I wish for rain. The, apparently, they got together and imagined within their own minds together, though. Yeah, it was already was raining. Yes. I yeah. went, oh, there you yeah. go. So they not only were visualizing it, there they were go. trying to feel it like what does the water on my yeah. my back feel like etc absolutely and i love um i love the idea of being ready and also mm. receiving like mm-hmm. i am receiving whatever it is that you want right um right. because otherwise i think a lot, a lot of times we can throw those blocks up there which you know like you said if if you let fear go it becomes the ultimate blocker it gets in front of everything Um, your success, your relationships, your ability to get out there and try new things, all of that stuff. So thank you so much, ladies, for this fun um, and amazing (laughs) conversation and sharing your wisdom with us. Where can everybody learn more about you, find you, book you to speak, all that kind of stuff? Well, our um, website is www.therapytwins.com. And And all our handles on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is at Therapy Twins, one word. 
Perfect. <laughs> I'll put that in our show notes as well as a link to your book. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. And I have to share your photo with, uh, with my twin girls. Cause they're, they're like, Oh my God, there's other identical twins. Oh, wonderful. Oh, that is so wonderful. Thank I love you it so much. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Everybody go out and hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.